0: Armando's on the beach.
1: Armando, what's up, man? On the beach. It's January and I'm on the beach. How surprised are you that Mike Vrabel was fired? Not.
2: not, I'm surprised that he was fired. And it wasn't portrayed as a mutual parting of ways because there was a degree of that. Definitely a degree of that. And... Even uh, when I wrote it today at OutKick, I said, dismissed to say that he was fired. Mike Vrabel's going to be happy that he's uh, that he's not with the Tennessee Titans anymore. I agree. Um, he is going to be unemployed for the next, what? We're going to count it via stopwatch, not calendar, okay? So I don't think uh, the whole thing firing thing is going to hurt my my variable.
3: on a scale of one to David Tepper throwing a drink at a fan <laughs> what level of train wreck is the Tennessee Titans right now viewed across the league with how this has gone down over the last year and a half
2: yeah not good um look anytime an owner is talking about the the priority or one of the priorities being collaboration no, 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 no. The priority is one, winning. Two, loading up your roster. Three, representing the community in the highest uh, form imaginable. And the way you do the the last of those is not to fire good people, not to get not to have certain coaches driving drunk. Um, I I don't know. It's uh, it, it will tell you something that Mike Vrabel again, and I can't stress this enough. Mike Vrabel will be coaching in the NFL in 2024. He will have a team. He will be a head coach of a team. If You know, Andy Reid was fired by the Philadelphia Eagles once upon a time. And 10 minutes later, he was hired by the Kansas City Chiefs. That made more sense because Andy Reid had coached like 11, 12 years in Tennessee. And, you know, every at that point, you know, you kind of understand people need a different scene to to maximize themselves. Mike Vrabel is still growing, and he's already a top-ten coach in the NFL, and he's only been there six years. Uh, he had plenty left in the tank for the Tennessee Titans, I think, to, um, to kind of benefit from.
1: Top coach uh, throughout his uh, football career uh, for coaches, uh, Bill Belichick, who you had the piece uh, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, where he said there, there is change that's going to be in New England. It just depends on where that change is going to occur. What's going on there? Bill Belichick reportedly is just going through the day-to-day operations. Are they trying to trade him? And does the timetable of this make it difficult to have something happen immediately? For
2: the sake of the Tennessee Titans, the, the, the Patriots better not be able to trade Bill Belichick. Because if the Patriots can trade Bill Belichick, it's gonna look bad that the Tennessee Titans got nothing for Mike Vrabel. okay
1: so, so the way I understand Armand it, it would take almost three weeks because you you have to you have to adhere to the same policy of interviewing candidates and, and other things before you trade a, a coach for whatever
2: right um obviously if you're if you're the New England Patriots and you've already set your eyes on Mike Vrabel, that right. doesn't matter.
1: Right. No, totally agree. Um, as far as, but if the Titans have set their eyes on someone else, you want to get that over with, don't you? Of course. Yeah.
2: Of course. Um, what I would say that has, I don't think gone or has gone unsaid is you have to have cooperation from the head coach <laughs> yeah. to be traded. Right. Uh I don't I don't know this for a fact, but I'm not sure that Mike Vrabel was going to be down with being traded. It's as simple as that. Uh he wants to pick where he's going and he wants to pick where he's going and not pay a ransom for it. So uh you have to have the cooperation of the guy that is leading.
3: So Mike Vrabel Surprise number one, right? Not Black Monday, but Black Tuesday, the extension of Black Monday. I have a theory that the second huge surprise could be Nick Sirianni if they lose and the season fell apart to this level and they don't win one playoff game and they go to Tampa and lose that game. What do you think about that theory, Armando? And even if they don't let go of him, what what does next season look like from a pressure standpoint for Sirianni with that roster with the Eagles?
2: Yeah, it, it, I see where you're going, Chad, and, and I get it. And it's, it's entirely logical in Philadelphia. In the rest of the world, <laughs> after you've gone to the Super Bowl, after you've, you know, in three years, you've gone to the playoffs all three years, that's a hard, hard argument to, to make that, okay, you're fired, Nick Sirianni, one year after you went to the Super Bowl and in a year where you won, what was it, 11, 12 games? um, That's that's a rough argument. And by the way, you came up with the tush push, which makes your offense be on, start every series first and eight. Um, And the entire rest of the league is trying to do it and no one can, but you can.
3: I prefer the brotherly uh, shove, by the way, for, for this show's purposes. We go with the brotherly shove over the push for that play. Oh,
2: okay. So um, whatever it is that they do that no one else does, that Nick Sirianni says he loves the fact that everybody else fails, <laughs> that Nick Sirianni is the, you know, the captain of that. The, that's his brainchild. And I would say to you that... It's, it's a rough, it would be a rough, rough thing for Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie, the owner to do a bigger surprise to me than that would be Belichick staying in new England. And Oh, by the way, he's trying, he wants to stay in new England to the point where I've been told he is willing to give up power, which is stunning because you're Bill freaking Belichick, you've got six championship Super Bowl rings from the Patriots. You got more as a you know defensive coordinator, and you're willing to step back from your authority with the team that you've had since basically 20, 2003 is when he got full say of the whole shebang. And I. He's willing to step back from that
1: step back but I mean, I'm thinking about it, Armando. imagine being the guy that steps in like how do you tell Bill Belichick what to do? who is that it, guy well that's why it's <laughs>
2: that is a a hard I never underestimate egos in the NFL there is some people out there that think that they can
1: do it unless it's like and Elliot Wolf have... Elliot Wolf or something who's behind the scenes he's not listed on the team website but you, i mean you know like someone in house but i can't imagine someone coming in and telling bill belichick what to do
2: well i don't know that it would be a telling bill what to do but it would be drafting you're picking the players right. with bill's you know acquiescence <laughs> uh and then reporting to ownership where bill reports to ownership you don't report to bill
1: uh two more uh jim harbaugh is it is it la with the chargers all the way or spanos the 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 perception is he doesn't spend big sounds like he wants to now to squash that are the commanders after harbaugh and are they going to outbid spanos they can
2: they have more money They don't have the thing that I think Harbaugh realizes you can't just buy. And that is an elite quarterback. And I know that there's questions. Well, you know, Justin Herbert is not elite. He's got a losing record. He's this and that. No, wrong. Justin Herbert has done more than enough to win a lot of games uh, for any team in the NFL. He is elite. He's going to give you 32, 34 touchdown passes every year or so. He's going to give you 4,200 yards every year or so. And in the off year where he doesn't finish, that's because it's a mirage. Because he's played with cracked ribs, dislocated fingers, uh, bad ankles, uh, sore knee, and he's been in the lineup and performed. And, you know, obviously at the point where you've got broken bones and so forth, things things got to change. You got to come out of the lineup. But that is a a nugget and a carrot that the Chargers can wave that Atlanta can't wave, Tennessee can't wave, Washington can't wave, the Raiders can't wave. That is going to be their, you know, it is the treasure chest that they have that no one else has.
1: Final thing, uh, Chad brought up Sirianni, which is fascinating. I haven't thought and considered this. Uh, Let's say in the division, if if Dallas loses to Green Bay, is Mike McCarthy the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys?
2: I don't know that (laughs) because, as we've discussed on this show before, It's not about the regular season for Jerry Jones. That's not Armando Salguero saying that Jerry Jones said that that's how Mike McCarthy is going to be judged. Interestingly, this year has probably been the best job that Mike McCarthy has, has done so far with the Cowboys. If he's one and done in the playoffs for the Dallas Cowboys, he's going to have to, Present a pretty good case the following day and the following week to keep his job.
1: If you had to pick one team on the road this weekend to win, is it Miami? Is are you looking somewhere else?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking anywhere else. Okay. Uh, no. L. A. Uh, so I was the Rams. Philly. The other day, oh, go ahead. Yes. And, uh, no, no. The the Dolphins are lacking something, and it's not talent. It's not speed. <laughs> it's kind of something else and it just doesn't show up in the, in the big moment. It doesn't show up in the big game typically, or at least it hasn't so far this year and playing in that, you know, blizzard Armageddon or whatever they're getting in, in Kansas or in the Midwest in Kansas
1: city. Feels like one um, degree.
2: Yeah. I don't see, I don't see that working out for the dolphins too well.
1: Yeah, uh, Kansas City, who averages 21 points per game, consider <laughs> round one of the playoffs with Miami, who put up 70 this year. It's got 7-3 written all over it, the way I've seen Tua <laughs>
3: play uh, the last couple weeks. Uh, a lot of these especially games, Especially in the snow. Yeah. We had
1: five teams in Week 18 that could not score a touchdown. Oof. Nuts. Man. Nuts. Hey, uh, yeah. always great to catch up with you. Thank you so much, and uh, uh, great insight today. Thank you, Jets. Armando Salguero, check out the five spot with Donovan McNabb and Armando. Always great. Like that available show. Right now at outkick.com. Uh, coming up, Jim Nagy will join us with some other headlines of the day. Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick network. 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smokey Moonshine. Outkick.com slash watch. You can go and catch the show live each and every day. Hit the YouTube channel for our post-show uh, on-demand content. But outkick.com, go to the top of the uh, page there, click watch, and you'll get all the content. You scroll over, there's Hot Mike. Click that, and we are live each day. The great news 4- about June saying Eastern. this yes. is that
3: if you're seeing that right now, you already did it. You are correct. You're there. You're, you're, you're there. watching it right now it's on, a great the, on the point. watch
1: page of Outkick. You are already seeing it. We see Jim Nagy right now. He is the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Joins us to uh, recap the national title game where Michigan hoists the trophy. Washington, well, the run came to an end. Jim, good to see you, man. Hope things are well. Yeah, guys, great to see you. What is it about Michigan's makeup that make them so consistent week in and week out? You've seen a lot of them. You've got several that will be joining you in Mobile. What what does Harbaugh have that the other teams just can't do for four quarters?
4: Well, first off, I think you need to speak to their culture. There's been a lot of stability um, in that building and on that staff. I mean, this is the third year in a row, same staff basically on both sides of the ball, um, running all the same stuff. Kids aren't learning new systems, so that's important. Um, but they, they've got – I mean, bottom line, they've got a lot of good players. They have great coaches. And, and what happened this year with Jim Harbaugh off the field, um, it galvanized them. It couldn't help but galvanize them when, you're, when your head coach is not on the sideline with you and you, you've got, you know, other coaches that are being elevated into, into roles. You want to you play hard for those guys and make them look good. So I just think there was a lot of things over the course of this year – um, that really built this Michigan football team into what it was. And, and we saw in the college football playoff, uh, they played their best football. You know, they didn't, they didn't have to play their best football, uh, through the majority of the big 10 schedule. Um, but you know, that, that Ohio state game, the Iowa big 10 championship, these last two weeks, um, uh, they were peaking at the right time.
3: What do you think about Kalen DeBoer? You know, there's so much talk about Jim Harbaugh for a lot of obvious reasons, but, when you look at his trajectory, I think growing up in South Dakota and a guy who's done it at every level. Jim, I know you're the son of a coach also. What, what do you think when you think about what Kalen DeBoer has accomplished over his career?
4: I'll start by saying this. I don't know Kalen um, at all. Like, we've never, we've never crossed paths. Now, Kane Womack, who's the head coach down here in Mobile at the University of South Alabama, was a coordinator in Indiana when, when Kalen, he was the D.C. When, when Kalen was the offensive coordinator. So they're very tight. Um, and Kane, you know, speaks so highly of him that he's one of the best human beings he's ever worked with. So that that tells me a lot because I know what I think of Kane. Um, so if you use that transitive property, I guess whatever that is, um, but but no, it, it's a really cool story. it I, they just goes it goes to show you that if you can coach, you can coach. It doesn't matter what level. If you're a teacher first and foremost, and I know Kaylin is, um, that transcends. You can teach any kids. You can teach any level of kid. Um, and he's proven that. So it's been, it's been cool to watch what he's done with Michael Penix junior over the last two years, um, has been, has been awesome. And then, uh, you know, I mean, just the overall program and that thing was on the decline, um, after coach Peterson left. So, um, to get these guys to the national championship game, I know a disappointing result. I've been on the phone today with agents for a lot of these Washington players and they're, they're still, uh, you know, going through, letting the dust settle and, and really going through the, you know, the anguish, if you will, from from losing in the title game. Uh, but they should be very proud of the season they had. That was a phenomenal year by the Washington Huskies.
3: We talked a lot about Michael Penix Jr. all season. Uh, my favorite player in college football this season. How disappointing is it that in that game, we didn't get to see the best version of Michael Penix Jr. And how much of it do you contribute that to Michigan's defense and, and their plan in the game?
4: I would attribute it most to the Michigan defense, honestly. I mean, yeah, Mike Mike was phenomenal in that Texas game. I think Michigan had a good plan, and they and they had the personnel to execute the plan. I mean, I, I was surprised Texas didn't get more you know heat up the middle, more gut pressure on on Michael Penix than they did, and Michigan was able to. So you know, you got guys like uh, Mason Graham and Chris Jenkins and and all these guys that you know they uh, Kenneth Kenneth Grant. I mean, they've Michigan's loaded on that interior defensive line and they've got good edge players. So then they can scheme you. They can blitz Michael Barrett. They, they can do a lot of different things. And I think a lot of a lot's being made right now of, of the Baltimore Ravens defense. And a lot was made on the, the broadcast last night of the, the ties between what's going on at Michigan, what's happening in Baltimore. Um, you know, with Jesse men having background with Mike, 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 Mc, uh, Mike McDonald in, in Baltimore, their defensive coordinator, So a lot of carryover and they just, they give you a lot of things that a lot of colleges aren't prepared for. Um, They give you a lot of different looks and they can, they can pull that stuff off because they have the personnel to do it. So um, we did not see the best version of Michael Penix last night, but I would, I would give more credit to the Michigan defense than, than I don't don't think Michael Penix just came out and laid an egg by any stretch. I think a lot of it was, was forced upon him. Um, Some protection issues and, things of that nature. And then when your running back gets hurt on the first series, I mean, that affected that football team as well. Um, they certainly couldn't run the ball like they, like they wanted to run the football once Johnson, Dylan Johnson went down. So, or Dylan Johnson got nicked up, if you will. I mean, I know he stayed in the game, but but I would,
1: uh, I would credit Michigan's defense. How many of the Michigan uh, defensive players do you have coming to uh, the Senior Bowl, just overall with the Michigan roster? Because uh, well, it is it's less than a month away, February 4th in Mobile. I think
4: we've got four on offense and three on defense, I believe. And we're still working on a couple. I think we
1: could, uh, we
4: could get to 10 or 11 Wolverines if this thing, if everything happens, but right now we've got seven. We did our senior bowl roster reveal special. Um, uh, we taped it this morning. It's going to be on the NFL network this evening. Uh, it's at uh, ten central, eight on the west coast, and uh, we're going to be revealing those seven Michigan names on that show.
1: You've told us a few of those, uh, n- not Michigan, but uh, the roster uh, throughout. That's uh, it's going to be cool um, from the uh, from the college game now to the, the NFL with uh, all the coaching carousel, the openings we see. Atlanta, Washington today, Tennessee with Mike Vrabel uh, hitting the, the, the road, and he won't be he won't be uh, without a job very long unless he wants to be. No, I don't think you (laughs) will. How how surprised were you with that? And uh, Vrabel just overall, I mean, pretty much you can put his name with any of these openings, can't you?
4: I think you can. I think anyone would start in New England, right? I mean, that one one makes the most sense. Um, You know, even some guys in the office here, when I was working on that, doing that show this morning, some of our... Some of our guys in the office had pulled up some quotes, and I don't know if if these rubbed the ownership group in Tennessee wrong, but when Mike was put in the, the Patriots Hall of Fame, he made some comments about the Patriots organization and the franchise and Mr. Kraft, and, and glowingly. Um, so I, I I don't know, but it, it it was a surprise, but not a shock. I'll, I'll put it that way. You know, like, they brought in Rand Carthon last year to be the general manager. He and Mike didn't really have a history together. Do you know him Usually well? Do you would, know Rand well, Jim? Um, I wouldn't say, well, I mean, we, 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 we text, we chat every so often, but I've never worked with him. He was always on the pro side of scouting when I was on the college side. So he was never out on the road. You know, the college guys all know each other because they're, yeah they're out on the road together and the pro guys know each other because they're at other games on Sundays. they are at other pro games. So, um, but we've gotten to know each other this year, uh, with him being in that GM role and me being here. Um, but that was, you know, it was a little bit usually when you've got an established coach like a Mike Brabel, you're going to bring in a GM and and pair them together with it, with a coach that's working with someone that he has background with. So, you know, they let John Robinson go and those two did have background in New England. There's enough guys off that Patriots tree. You would think they would have brought someone in maybe that that philosophically aligned and not to say he and Rand didn't. I don't know. I'm not pretending I I know anything on the inside, yeah. but. But it was it was a little bit of a surprising hire at the time, just because those two guys didn't have background together.
1: Give, give us uh, uh, a couple names, young coaches, coordinators, does not have to be young that you think. But beyond just the uh, Harbaugh, Vrabel, Dan Quinn that you think will be uh, maybe they've interviewed in recent years that you think this is the year they could actually land a spot.
4: Yeah, a couple guys I don't really know that well. Bobby Slowick in Houston is a name. Um, and what he was able to do with the, he's the offensive coordinator down there in Houston, I think a lot was made this week. They showed that famous graphic of the of the Kyle Shanahan tree back in Washington, that <laughs> that team with Sean McVay and, and all those guys on McDaniel. that staff. Yeah, McDaniel. But, but Slowick's done a great job with C.J. Stroud. There's no question. I mean, Houston's one of the stories of this year's NFL season those guys getting to 10 wins and making the playoffs and, and, and Bobby Slowick getting a young quarterback going that quickly um, says something about him. So that's a name. Uh, like I said, McDonald in, in, uh, in Baltimore, the defensive coordinator, he's done a phenomenal job. I mean, they're setting all, all sorts of records on defense for pressure and they're, they're really hard to prepare for. Um, I know a lot of, a lot of teams are trying to go the offensive route right now, but if you were going to the defensive guy, he would, he would certainly be one. And there, there's others out there. I mean, I, He's not a young name, and he's he's been a head coach before. But uh, Raheem Morris and what he did and with the Rams defense this year. Every time I watch the Rams play, um, they've got a bunch of late round picks and free agent level players on their defense outside of Aaron Donald, and, they're, uh, and they and they play their tails off. I mean, yes, Puka Nakua and Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, like those guys, they they have plenty of talent on offense. Raheem Morris, what he's done, he, when he got his head coaching job in Tampa years ago, that's a long time ago. Raheem was a really, really young guy, probably not ready for it. Um, I would like to see him get another chance. Um, he, he's very well thought of around the league. So we'll, we'll see what happens there.
1: Well, you, you know New England well with the Patriots. So We had Armando Salguero on just uh, right before you joined us. And he said, hey, th- it sounds like it, even Bill Belichick might be trying to keep the status where he is as head coach maybe relinquishing the GM role or something with the structure. Uh, What? So if he's relinquishing power and I know it's bill Belichick, why would he want to do that? Do you have any clue as to why that would be the path to choose instead of trying something else?
4: Well, if he just, if he wants to, if he wants to end it in new England, if he wants to end this run and, and, and be carried off the field like Don Shula was after the the record breaking win and a, in Gillette stadium. That's, that's probably is one option, I guess. Um, that's why he would do it. And there's certainly been a lot of good personnel guys go through there over the years that um, like Dave Ziegler, who just got let go with the Raiders as GM when they let Josh McDaniels go as a coach. Dave's a, Dave's a really good personnel guy. You know, it wasn't his fault that uh, things weren't going the way they were going in with the Raiders. And we saw the Raiders kind of turn it around over the last couple of months with uh, Antonio Pierce. So, There's plenty of names. John Robinson, uh, you know, who you guys know, who was in Tennessee. I mean, John's worked with Bill. So there's, you know, there's there's plenty of guys that have have a relationship with Bill Belichick that could go back and sit in that chair and help him build that roster. But I do think it's it's not really a secret that, you know, Bill Belichick, the coach, um, is is a lot more than a four or five win football coach. If he had the right roster right now, they just don't have they don't have the pieces in place, especially on offense, on the offensive line at wide receiver. Um, and they probably got to address the quarterback position now because it, yes. it looked like your Mac Jones was going to be the guy a couple of years ago and they, they kind of fumbled that. So, um, I don't know. I think, I think the only reason he would want to keep it there and, you know, stay in new England is to, to just to close out there and, and not, and not do a, not, not, not start off, start over at another place.
1: I know, uh, you're trying to catch your breath. It's a busy time of year for you. Your your season starting really, uh, with the, the game and it's been going. Uh, with the game just around the corner. Uh, uh, thanks for the visit today. Hopefully, continue this. We'll continue through the playoffs. We'll get your uh, take on exactly what we're going to see this weekend, which should be a pretty interesting uh matchup across the board, given the fact that injuries are playing a factor and teams that were good are not playing that well right now going into the postseason.
4: Yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend, right? I mean, you get Matt Stafford going back yep. to Detroit, and there's all these all these different connections, Tyree kill going back to Kansas city. There's going to be a lot to talk about next week. It should be a, a really fun Wild Card weekend. I, I love wild Card weekend. It should, it should be a fun one.
3: And one more time selection special tonight for the bowl game on NFL network. When? Yeah. Uh, 10 o'clock central,
4: uh, eight o'clock on the West coast, NFL network, senior bowl roster reveal special. We will be revealing all our underclassmen. This is our first year we can bring junior. So I think we're revealing about 20 junior names. And and again, all these Michigan guys, that'll be the main reveal of the show. We've been pushing all of our, all of our guys for the last couple of months, but all these underclassmen per NFL league rules tonight is the first night we can uh, give those names publicly. Set uh,
3: Set your DVRs for that one. No doubt. Is this why you have a different backdrop today, Jim, behind you?
4: Yeah, I shot it up here. We had some meetings going on downstairs in the conference room where I usually shoot with you guys. So, I just uh, what's the one? I, what's I, the one hundred and
3: six? Yeah, the the Nagy one hundred and six.
4: That uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the amount of players we had drafted a couple years ago as an all time record at the Senior awesome. Bowl. So the staff bought me a jersey. That was really nice of them. So we got that hanging up. We got we got to get better than that this
1: year. We're trying to <laughs> we're trying to do better. You'll, yeah, you'll can't wait to that. see
3: Nagy one hundred and seven in the it background like on a, a radio station coming very soon. It's gonna be great. Can't
1: wait, Jim. Thank you, man. All right, guys. Thanks. Yeah, that's uh, Jim Nagy there uh always look forward to his great visit. dude yeah absolutely and uh check out the senior bowl which i have i've said now for the last couple of years it's better than the pro bowl it is or excuse well, me it's, so, it's better it's, than the, <laughs> the uh, combine excuse me it's so it's good much better than the it's so of pro good
3: bowl. that a lot of players forego their <laughs> bowl game to get ready for the senior bowl <laughs> that's how good it is it's better than the peach bowl the citrus bowl the rely bowl the pop tarts bowl <laughs> A lot of people oh, that. That's not better than that mascot. Up, no, they need to up their mascot. With Reese's being a part of it,
1: you could get a pretty clever mascot going for that game. Hopefully, Dennis Allen's not coaching in the uh, Senior Bowl uh, because, well, players would go rogue. Jameis Winston did, along with his offensive teammates. We'll hear from Jameis Winston on. Uh, that whole mess as they took He's on Atlanta. the gift
3: that keeps on giving ever since the yes, crab legs
1: saga already eating w's and you never goes away down there for jamal williams uh plus we'll get an on the bus off the bus straight ahead here on Hotline. Sixth, the Peabody Air location with Ya Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow here at Owlkick.com. Look at
3: that, Hutton. I just looked up and there's 19 minutes left in the show. How about that? It's been a fast show. Well um, done. I had to I had to do a double take well and think. Are we nineteen minutes away from the end of the uh, an hour left? Is it an hour and nineteen minutes or actually nineteen minutes? And in fact, nineteen minutes left in the show. Incredible.
1: Yeah, we can make it you want it, you want it to be fifteen minutes left? I guess we could. I mean, could we? I don't know. Maybe one minute left. I still don't know the rules. <laughs> We make the rules. We will.
3: Uh, we will meet tomorrow. And find we out the, the rules. rules
1: on that. You know, Clay would say, "Just uh, you know, go until you uh, want to stop." Clay. That's Clay's uh, mantra.
3: Man, Clay was great on the McAfee Kimmel stuff, yeah. but some real revisionist history that I'll have to get into with him during a summer <laughs> episode of the show. <laughs> on one point that he made about never apologizing for something a guest says on a show. I recall a conversation oh, that we had yes. years ago where I was told Jimmy by you, uh, Clay Travis, to issue an apology because of a possible lawsuit about Jimmy a guest Frank. saying something on the show. And I'm like, man, my, how uh, the times have changed. Jed, uh, That's for another day, though. Mike Vrabel fired. Now six openings uh, across
1: the NFL. More Rand Carthon
3: apparently completely bombing the press conference. That's what uh, the with social the media. media is
1: saying. Yes, he can't define the vision of the Tennessee Titans. That Again, I haven't heard it. That's what the, the vast majority of those uh, tweeting about this are saying. Um, Dennis Allen is still employed, and it seems as though he's going to keep his gig with the New Orleans Saints. They're looking into the possibility of bringing in John Gruden in New Orleans. Um, I wonder I just, whose personality is going to win out in that one. I wonder who's <laughs> about to be a the interim power coach. If
3: struggle. Oh. If there's any type of disagreement, I wonder which personality is, is going to win out
1: over the other one. Is it bad whenever, like, uh, I was thinking this for uh, what we saw with uh, Petrino and Jimbo Fisher. I'm automatically thinking, oh, there's an in-season firing and there's your interim head coach. So, like, Gruden's the next head coach of the New Orleans Saints is what yeah. I'm thinking when, I, when I hear that.
3: Except a didn't go with Patrino's interim, but yeah.
1: No, no, I know that. I know, but like I'm thinking like in season when it when the move happens, I'm saying, I think I think we're going to get into that with Davey coming up. In fact, okay. about the possibility of Gruden getting a gig. So, uh and I think I you don't, have to d- define the route for that to happen. One of two things has to happen, and it's either Allen goes or some, you you got to take the fall, someone's taking the fall for what took place on Sunday where the New Orleans Saints players went rogue. They were told to take a knee in the game. It's 41-17. And uh, Jameis Winston, well, after getting the play call, kneel out on the clock, got a, a what at the one yard line, they want Jamal Williams to get a touchdown, so they get Jamal Williams a touchdown. And here's well, let me let
3: me also, it's not people are misunderstanding this that have not watched the play, okay? Because they saw, oh, you know, I hear a lot of this, just stop them. You're professionals, to Arthur Smith, and stop bitching, you know, go right. ahead and stop them. Don't let them score that many points. You could argue that maybe if they lined up for an actual play. They lined up in victory formation, which is signifying the game is over and the other team is kind of standing it's there 41-17. to not have an issue. Remember when Greg Schiano pulled this BS yes. where he was trying to hit the quarterback on victory formation? There is, It's not even unspoken. There's an agreement in the NFL. You go in victory formation, you're not going to get anybody hurt on that play. The defense is going to stand up and you're going to snap it and take the knee. And the game is over. They ran a play and scored a touchdown out of victory formation. You're right. And then Jameis Winston was clarifying (laughs) that it was the team's call and his call. And the coach actually told them to take a knee. And hilarity ensues
5: to Da, yeah. because the play was was victory. Yeah. Uh, but I also explained to Da, that it was a team decision, yeah. and uh, and I think when you have the a team morale, and I asked the guys, I say, guys, like, what do you, what do you want to do? Yeah. We know how much Jamal means to this team, and and I understood from yeah. Da's perspective, so I, I, I give him that. Yeah. Yeah, but Da didn't condone that at all. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't. However, uh, we decided as a team to do it, and man, we got an interception to the one yard line. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it, yeah. so if if, if if we would have scored, would it still would have been disrespectful? Right. You know, so uh, Tyron wasn't in it, was he? <laughs> no, Tyron was not not in. It. <laughs> no, I'm uh, just no, it was it was a, it was an I mean, offensive I mean, team discussion. It, uh, however, when you when you return the ball to the one yard line and you have the opportunity, we just had the opportunity and uh, and we decided. Do you think it's the kind of thing though that is forgotten fairly quickly, or you know what I mean? Like, I, I think it should be forgotten, especially when the score is already 41-17. Is uh, so I I don't know how how much worse it can get. Uh, but I got a ton of respect for Arthur Smith and the coach that he is. Uh, I think they do some incredible things. I didn't mean to – I didn't want to disrespect him. That was not my intention. Uh, my intention was to lead the team that I've been with the entire year. And we made a collective decision that we wanted to get one of our guys who they fight with blood, sweat, and tears every game in the end zone. And uh, I'm going to feel good about that. Yeah. So no, but, regrets, huh? no, no regrets? No uh, regrets. Well, the, this is the thing. It's about the team, it's not about regrets. It's not about anything else. It's about us as a team making a collective decision. But I do apologize to Dennis. I apologize to DA. Because that was not his call. What you said decision made. Was it right there on the spot, right y'all are? What, what decision are you talking about? At the end. Okay. What at the end? What decision? To, to go for the touchdown? To go for the touchdown. Is that something decided on the sideline after the pick or you, did you wait until you get out, got out there to do it? We decided on the field as a team. I mean, we don't regret. Do, do we regret for scoring 41 points on them? Do you think we, we regret that? Well, you do have to play these guys twice a year. That's all I'm saying. We, we already played them twice. I know what I'm talking about.
0: Somebody's
5: got to play these guys twice a year. That's all. How do you feel about it? Tell me how you feel about it. Not good. Why don't you feel good about it? Because you gotta play these guys twice a year. But what about it makes you not feel good about it? The head coach tells you to kneel it up. You're asking my opinion? Yes. Sir. I think you should have kneeled it up. Okay. Well I'm okay. just telling you as respectfully as I can. You answer my question as respectfully as you could, and I'm telling you as respectfully as I can that I respectfully disagree with you. That's all. You disagree with me or the entire team? Whoever made that decision. Okay, so you disagree with the entire team. So, thank you. No, I'm I'm just being being honest and respectful. And that's what I'm attempting to do, too. And that's what I am doing. Yes.
3: With all due respect, I'm being honest and respectful. I'm I'm doing the same thing. I come to you with respect. Kudos to whoever that reporter was for standing up and saying, yeah, I, I don't like it at all. And he's questioned, well, why? Because you play these guys twice a year and your coach told you to take a knee. Bravo, sir, for uh, standing up and doing that. It was victory formation, With Jameis Winston there. That's
1: the other fight. So they decide on the field that they're going to do this out of victory formation.
3: It was victory formation. They ran the ball for a touchdown. Jameis Winston, funny. Okay, Great an idiot when it comes to this because he says if we scored on the interception that was returned to the one is that disrespectful no no that's not disrespectful when your defensive player scores the one what's disrespectful Jameis is lining up at the one in victory formation and pulling a sneak attack touchdown for your buddy I'd like to see if there was an incentive involved for Jamal Williams I've yet to see that reported Uh. to try to get him some money I don't know that that's the case but when you do that, it is absolutely disrespectful. It's disrespectful to Arthur Smith, the Falcons, the game. If you want to line up, spread it out, and run the ball with Jamal Williams, okay. I doubt Arthur Smith would love he, that. He had but not at least scored all year. You are declaring you're going to run a play. Yeah, no. He said he laid it all out right there. He said, but the,
1: but the bonus, I don't know. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I don't know if he gets a if he scores one touchdown, he gets a bonus. But he's saying it's a guy
1: we've been with all year. We wanted to get him so, a touchdown. Here's the thing. Um. D.A., he keeps referring to, is Dennis Allen. He's the head coach. And the team decides on the field what play they're going to run. Even if, it, I mean, again, it's 41-7, whatever. Uh, what message does that send from the team to the coach that just wants you to take an knee and get out Oh, of I it? apologize, D.A. That's what Jameis Winston said. But I, I, but, it, it, no, he did not condone but, that but, at all. I, I apologize I to him, him. But I told him it was a team decision. So here's the thing. The players, and i Look, I'm, if you want to make a team decision, then run, run a play. If
3: they're talking on the sideline, this to me just felt like they ran out there and put one over on the coach. I don't think they went to him and said, we want to get Jamal a TD because he hasn't had one all year. And then if Dennis Allen says, absolutely not, take a knee, and they defy him, well, that's still not good. But I don't think they even told him that. The way Jameis Winston explained it there was, we got on the field and in the huddle, decided, hey, he's saying to take a knee, but let's get Jamal a touchdown. Yeah. And decided to do that. It just... It's, it's, it's not a good look at all. And I've seen multiple players post this also. It's not just about playing the Falcons twice a year, the way the reporter was going back and forth with Winston. Every NFL team is going to remember this. And the next time they go in victory formation, you may have an, an issue. You may have an altercation that takes place because the defense is going to go after them when this happens because now they have declared that victory formation is not victory formation. The league doesn't forget when something like this happens, it's a, bad, it's a bad look. If they wanted to run a play, not out of victory formation and tack on the touchdown to get their buddy a touchdown, that's a different conversation than what we're having right now. And it does put into question Dennis Allen's true authority over this team.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he said later that uh, Allen did, we was asked about if there are fractures. He doesn't condone that, but there's no fracture. Uh, the, the behind the seat, Jameis Winston is very, very much well-liked by teammates everywhere he's been. And that that will also, like what he's doing there will also resonate with players. Again, it, I've seen that like you got to cut Jameis Winston. I don't, I mean, I'm looking at his contract. He's got, he's owed like $3 million per year. He's got a $10 million dead cap hit if they get rid of him now for next season. But I mean, it's uh, sure, get rid of him. But the players... He's saying it was a team decision. It wasn't just him that's making that play call. Again, th- that's, it's just weird. And I think it sends a message that there is just a... There's a disconnect. There is a fracture uh, between the authority. You know, if this were the NBA, this would be a story.
3: Maybe John Gruden can can yeah.
1: heal that fracture. John
3: Gruden was the there
1: to uh, heal the fracture of Derek Carr. Uh, yet again. Uh, Davy on the bus, off the bus...
0: Where do we start today? We are going to start all the way up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. And the Michigan Wolverines are currently our national champion. And I'm asking, Michigan's national championship is vacated within the next three years.
3: I'm on the bus. It probably is. I I also don't care. I, I don't care about things being vacated and what that says or what it does. Michigan won it. We all watched it last night. Hutton brought it up to start the show. There were chances to do more, and no one did it. They went out there, and they earned it on the field. They won the games even after the scandal broke and all of that. They're the national champion. It'll probably be vacated, but ultimately, I don't really care.
1: I am off the bus with this. I don't think they're going to get rid of the title because what happened primarily took place prior to this season. Connor Stallions was let go, and they continued to win. The games that they won in order to get to the Big Ten championship game, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State, they did so without Harbaugh on the sideline, which was the self in, that was also the the, the self imposed suspension from earlier, where early in the season the first three games for something else, where you know he was allowed to coach during the week, couldn't coach on game day, <coughs> same same deal. Uh, towards the end of the year, ultimately, I don't think they're going to do that. There will be penalties, but I mean, uh, Chad, you're you're right. What difference does it make? Last night happened. Harbaugh had the photo ops with the, 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 the three-pack now of champions. And Michigan is the face of college football. Three years from now, maybe so. Five years from now, the NCAA is not going to have the power that we're looking at right now. I'm
3: already looking forward to future Michigan misery
1: and not looking back at the past. Five years from now, away. will they reinstate the title whenever we have a governing mm-hmm. body that's different? Yes.
0: Guys, staying in Michigan, <laughs> we're going over to Detroit. Okay. And that is where the 2024 NFL draft is going to take place. And J.J. McCarthy will be a first-round selection.
3: I think there's enough smoke to say, yeah, I'm on the bus. He's going to be taken in the first round. I don't get it. I don't see it. I looked at three mock drafts this morning, and I saw J.J. McCarthy at pick number seven, uh, at pick number 14, and at pick number 25. Um, I,
1: I think he's probably a first round. Are they guessing where is going to end up with that? I'm off the They're bus. They're looking at the, the job openings. And I'm going off the bus. I, I, this quarterback crop, while – I thought was really good going into the season has underwhelmed. And also what has underwhelmed is the offensive line play across the national football league. Teams will covet offensive linemen early. Jim Nagy joins us weekly. They're going to have a ton of offensive (coughs) offensive linemen, uh, top 100 players, seven of them, I believe playing in the senior bowl teams are going to move up to make sure they acquire the front Instead of the quarterback, because these quarterbacks are they're a lot like what we saw last year where some guys just need development. and J.J. McCarthy's, while a good manager, won a lot of games,
0: it was a throwback performance last night. And he's still a champion. props, but I don't see him as a first round pick. be a lot to shake out between now and the end of April. Guys, headed down to Nashville, Tennessee, where we currently are. And the Tennessee Titans made the right move by firing head coach Mike Vrabel.
1: I am on the bus with this because he was going to be fired next season if they ran it back. The the disconnect is apparent just by the the, the fact that they never addressed what was bubbling beneath the surface, Chad. And that was the, the lack of continuity between general manager and head coach. And the head coach had been there for a while 6 years now rancarthon got there last offseason and there was never that same vibe that we saw with robinson and vrabel even though they disagreed they at least they at least spoke the same language if that makes sense if vrabel's going to be fired next year anyway and you're not going to trade him now and you've got the money move on and move in the direction you want to go because vrabel was not was not that guy based on the general manager that you hired I'm off the bus on it.
3: If I'm trusting anyone in that organization to make the calls and be the authority on anything, it is Mike Vrabel, and it is a long separation after that to Rand Carthon or, quite frankly, the owner, Amy Adams-Strunk, who has not shown a lot of sound decision-making in the last two years. So I'm firmly off the bus on that. And something Armando said really rings true with me. The disturbing part about this, and Rand Carthon in his press conference kind of alluded to this also it feels they're married to an organizational structure and chart more so than who's calling the shots, how good that person is at calling the shots, and who has final say. And that's not a way to, to manage. That's not a way to win games the NFL either. So I'm off the bus on this. I think it was a bad move by the Titans, and there's no track record to show that Rand Carthon is going to be good at hiring the next coach. Now, there's no track record to show he's going to be bad at it either. There's nothing at all there because he's never done it.
1: Other than the press conference,
3: I would have trust Mike Vrabel as head coach slash partial GM I, more than everyone else
1: that's left. I'm just basing it off of what the mindset is, not what I would have done. I will say I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be greedy if they're going to go with a more passing offense as they open
0: that dome. Let's let's get it going. I'm all for it. All right, guys. Going on to a another coach. We're going to move on down to New Orleans and. John Gruden will once again be a head coach in the NFL. I'm not saying this is with the Saints, even though that's where the likely spot would be. I'm just saying we will once again see John Gruden as a head coach.
3: I'm on the bus, but there's only a, a few teams that are going to do it because it takes a bit of a renegade spirit with the owner or ownership group of a team because he's so anti-NFL yeah. right now. My, my cousin in Atlanta, a big Falcons fan, said Arthur Blank should hire John Cruden. I'm thinking Arthur Blank's never going to do that. Arthur Blank's a company man when it comes to the NFL. He's not going to stir the pot to that extent and bring on John Gruden, whether they should. and, And I'm not saying it's a bad move from a coaching standpoint. He's not going to do it. The right owner could do it, though, Hutton.
1: I am off the bus because of the oil and water of Goodell and Gruden. However, the fact that they're floating this... And that Jeff Duncan, who's a solid reporter, knew about this, and that we haven't really heard anything about it in response, that's a great sign that he can be. Yep. He needs Dennis Allen to suck, though, because Pete Carmichael's still the O.C. He's not replacing him. He's just there to advise, in theory. I think Dennis Allen will happily oblige sucking for John
3: Gruden to have a shot. I do. Davey, love the sunglasses. Today's show didn't suck. Back at it tomorrow. Hope you'll join us. Hot
1: my with Hunter Withrow, right here at OutKick.
3: Back tomorrow, baby.